0: Game that they won the other day. On Saturday, Saturday they played Cincinnati, but they sadly lost by like I think fifteen. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole game was pretty close, and then towards the end Cincinnati kind of like went away with it. yeah. But it was definitely one of those games where Oshae could have won. Kind of sad. It's like they were like little streaky shooting, and those couple minutes there in any games nowadays. And the tournament and yeah. tournament can make a huge difference, difference in any game. True. I feel like a uh, crazy
1: year. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> I've seen him enough in the news. Honestly, I was seeing Hofstra, and every time I'd see him, I would think of you. And like at the same time, too, I just feel like the NIT was kind of a weird thing this year with having the uh, well, who is it? Well, the team that Hofstra beat and just having them in it and them trying oh, to Rutgers. be like, oh, yeah. yeah, having Rutgers in. And they were like, oh, we should have been in the tournament. And they yeah. bounced like right away. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, it was interesting. This
0: whole college basketball year was kind of interesting in itself too. Because usually there's like five teams. You're like, all right, at least two of these are going to be in the Final Four no matter what. And now this year it's like, I don't know, any of these teams – One through 16, any team can win. So it's kind of like years that makes it like super entertaining, which kind of makes sense because I think the first day or the first or this past weekend was the most watched March Madnesses in the past 10 years or ever or something. One of the stats I saw on Twitter, which makes sense because people are like, oh, what's going to happen? And like super excited about it, which is pretty nice to see.
1: Yeah, you have a 16 seed winning again in March Madness. You have a – I think a 15 seed. Was that Farley uh Dickinson yeah, pr- they were 15?
0: No, they were 16 and they Princeton was 15.
1: Ah, uh, Princeton was the 15. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, like, having these teams that were just, like, high seeds and then just coming in and, you know, doing what they did, like, that – like, I feel like every year, this is why I hate freaking making brackets. Cause every year. Yeah. <laughs> like, not, I expect my bracket to not, you know, do the greatest. However, every year is just, like, the first day. It's just busted and it's done. It's just, like, why do we keep setting ourselves up? It's, like, how, like, you know, I was when I used to play NBA 2K all the time. And every year, it was, like, the definition of insanity. I just keep expecting a different result.
0: And it's yeah. the same thing. Over and over and over. (laughs) It's like when people think they're going to win the lottery. It never happens. (laughs) Oh, God, dude.
1: Yeah. I love my parents to death, you know, but they play Powerball
0: all the time.
1: And they want me – I hope they don't get mad that I'm talking about (laughs) this. They always want me to play Powerball. And I'm like, I just don't want to play. Like, I just know I'm never going to win you know it's just not it's just not worth it but honestly on the off chance that they do get it i mean my loans will be paid for instantly so oh, i mean can't i can't I, I was gonna say I, maybe i shouldn't be complaining that they don't <laughs> play this powerball all the time. i mean but um yeah this is episode three season two and we have a bunch of good topics here for today we uh We're getting into some college basketball. We were talking about Hofstra here. Um, And I wanted to get into a little bit about Marquette because we don't talk about college basketball a lot here on this podcast. We're primarily NBA. However, in the spirit of March Madness, I figured we should talk a little bit about it because why not? Uh, Marquette? Exactly. Marquette, what the hell? I'll I'll just leave it there. What the hell?
0: Shaka Smart is one of my favorite coaches. In the last couple of years, he's been he's been doing pretty rough, which I feel yeah I feel bad for him though. But he's a good. Coach. But I don't know, just a play here in the last couple of years can really makes a difference. Yeah, I mean, I want to find the
1: stat because I thought first off, I thought it was a horrible taste because ESPN put this stat up about Shaka Smart. Here it is. It was Shaka Smart has now lost eight of his last nine games in the NCAA tournament. This came a day after – actually, this came the same day that they lost. But I'm like, okay, there was no need to post that, one. Yeah. And two, like, I don't think – if you're outside of Marquette, I don't think – and first off, any college basketball fan that loves, you know, college basketball, they respect Shaka Smart no matter what. I mean, everyone knows that he's a great coach. But I think it was a poor taste to b s b n to post this because one, this man has turned Marquette around like instantly. I mean, mm-hmm. this team, it, this team, when they lost Marcus Howard, I thought it was done. I thought like, oh well, we're not we're not going to be good for another however many years. And then year two, this man make wins the Big East, best regular season turn uh, uh, um, record. For Marquette and I don't know how long. Um, probably since Wade and the team with Dwayne Wade. Yeah, exactly, right? And then you also have uh the first big East tournament championship in school history. Like, and he take us as a second seed into I think that was our highest seeding placement in March Madness in school history. So, so listen, one That's year two. And they wanted to post that. And I was just like, "Ah, that's kind of lame. And, you know, respect to, uh, I forget his name, but he was uh, really one of our best prospects too. Marquette, Uh, he's a big man. Uh, He he responded. He was like, why would you even say this? Shaka's the best coach I've ever played for. And, you know, he went in to defend his guy. And, you know, seeing that from the best player on the team or one of them at least, like that said a lot. But the game itself. Again, what the hell, man? (laughs) Like, our... uh, I think his last name is Kolik, I believe. Um, Again, I'm not a big college basketball guy. However, I did watch that game, and I did watch enough Marquette basketball to at least speak on this. And that, that player, he was Big East, you know, player of the year. And respect for that. I mean, he was balling through the whole season. However... That last game, man, I believe he had six turnovers. Uh, you know, we just looked shaky on offense. Our defense was great, but offensively we just couldn't put the ball in the hoop. But they're were, they were equally clamping us up too. So mm-hmm. I just wonder like why like why we just kind of got clamped up by Michigan State all of a sudden. Like even even Michigan State, like they led the nation, I believe, in three pointers. And we were able to lock them down. And we still can not find our own, like, ourselves throughout that whole game. It was kind of weird. I, did you get a chance to watch that?
0: I saw a little bit of it. But okay. I saw a stat. Like, everyone thinks of three-point shooting because obviously because of the NBA. But throughout the entire tournament, I think if you combine every game and every team, they're shooting, like, 30% or under 30%. Yeah. Which is terrible. But, which goes back... You see more defense in college basketball. And especially for Marquette, like Tom Izzo has so much experience. And like, um, but it's kind of not really an unfair matchup, but you can't really say at this point in the season, but it it's probably like a tough draw for Marquette to go against a team like Michigan State, because I think they're a little bit older too. Some yeah. guys are older. So like for them, he always has them ready to go defensively. what yeah.
1: Lot, like, it seems
0: like a lot of the guys on Marquette are going to stay. So if they stay and get a couple of good transfers, like there's no reason why they can't have the same success next year.
1: Very true. They just keep building on it. Very true.
0: I just felt like that was going to be
1: like our big uh, – like Michigan State was like our big hurdle, I guess. Like I think we could have beaten Kansas State.
0: Yeah. I think
1: we can beat Kansas State if we were to get in front of them. Um, Just looking at the journey ahead, and I thought Michigan State was probably going to be our biggest, like, matchup until the Final Four. Um, And it was just kind of made for us. I mean, because we would have had to, if we got past Michigan State, Kansas State, we would have ended up playing the winner of FAU and Tennessee. And, you know, again, I think those are both winnable games. You know, at least we didn't have to go against, like, Alabama or Houston or anything like that until, uh, you know, the Final Four. And I had us going to the final four playing Alabama in at least one of my brackets, um, which I had us losing, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that was just something about, you know, Marquette just watching them. I just thought it was interesting, like seeing them play. And, you know, there was a point there dur- during the season too, where I got to watch them play Creighton and surprisingly Creighton is also still going and at, <laughs> in the sweet Sixteen. Yeah. But, um, I was watching them play Creighton and I was just like, man, like this Marquette team, like they're good, but I just have a feeling that they're not that good. Like Uh they just, they didn't pass the eye test for me. Like I realized what they were doing and what they were doing was great. And I thought, okay, this team like, you know, looks great. But on paper, even like looking at like the first off, we were a very undersized team. We were super small. Like our large, our center was a six, eight, you know, guy, six eight six nine And surprising like, in college, that's really small, too. <laughs> yeah, you know, and we we were just, like, banking on him to kind of clean it up, and that's what beat us. That's what really hurt us against Michigan State, because they beat us up with size. Mm-hmm. Like, as soon as they were able to rebound, um, limit us to
0: one-shot sh- one, uh, possessions, like, that was pretty much the end of it for us. And you guys like to play fast, so if you guys are one shot and done, that kind of throws off all your rhythm
1: right yeah 100 percent. so but yeah I mean all in all it was a great season for Marquette and like you said we're gonna be right back next year and uh you know I'm definitely looking forward to it so
0: yeah, maybe uh, they'll play Hofstra next year
1: that would be no, no. Man, if they play <laughs> Hofstra, I mean that would be interesting dog I mean <laughs> you guys would have to come to Milwaukee you would have to come fly over to Milwaukee man yeah.
0: We'll go get we'll go get some
1: seats to go to the game, but um, get into some NBA stuff. Um, well, first I guess since you chose last time, let me see what the topic should be. I guess because I like LeBron, and <laughs> I'm very biased when it comes to him these days. I want to talk about the Lakers because what they've been doing. Well. First off, let's go back to that Houston, like, game. <laughs> the fact that Anthony Davis sat, I still – I don't think I'm quite over that yet.
0: I mean, what do you make of that? Well, that might be one of their worst decisions ever. It might be the reason why they don't make the playoffs, which is insane. Yeah. But yeah, he I agree. had to have played that game because you know he's going to easily get 20 and 10. And that's going to be huge against a young team that finally has a game, they have a game to play for. So, oh man, that's rough for them. And I wonder if, we're getting like a little ahead of ourselves, but I wonder if the Lakers told LeBron to get that plasma whatever it is, into his foot to make Mm -hmm. it heal faster just so he can be back for the playoffs quicker. Because At first, they were like, oh, he's going to be out for three weeks. And then all of a sudden, it was like, he's out indefinitely. And then they were like, oh, he's probably not coming back the regular season. And all of a sudden, he's like, oh, he might be back soon. So, like, (laughs) that makes no sense, especially when you're that old. You're not going to be able to heal, like, in two seconds. So, it should either be one thing or the other. Not, like, up and down craziness.
1: Yeah, no, I agree, man. I mean... Just seeing A D like it's like you said, like that could have been that could be the reason why they don't make the playoffs. And if that happens, oh my god. <laughs> if that, that happens, A D there's no coming back from that, man. The only way you wow. can come back from that is if you win them another chip. Yeah. Because people already don't take your twenty twenty championship seriously, unfortunately. Like they give it, they give the nod to LeBron, but when they think of AD, like it's kind of as if he doesn't have a ring. Like I don't know why, but it's kind of as if like we just kind of disregard the fact that he that 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 he was hooping that year and that he has a championship himself. But shout out to Austin Reeves, man. He had thirty five last night, and you know former Wichita State shocker as well. He was there for a season. And um, ended up, you know, graduating – or not even graduating. But he ended up going to Oklahoma after that. But, you know, I remember in college, that dude used to be just considered a sharpshooter. He was only a sniper. He couldn't really handle the ball too well or none of that. Man, the moves he was putting on last night, like oh, that dude God. was that – That was nice. Man, he he's turning into more than just a, a, a shooter. He's turning into an all-around scorer and player. And he could defend. And he's like, you know, he doesn't look like a guy that should be like elite like this. He kind of goes against the rule that I talk about where you have to be elite to be like this sort of player in the NBA. Like he goes against that.
0: You kind of seem like he's gonna be like a Duncan Robinson type. hmm But probably, I wanna see. Probably. The Lakers assistant coach, Phil, oh, I forget his last name. Phil Handy. Uh, Bro, he's probably the reason why he got that huge jump. Yeah. All the players on the Lakers, because he kind of followed LeBron a little bit. He was with the Cavs. He was with the Lakers. Yeah. But his ball handling and his, because I follow him on Instagram as well, and he mm-hmm. does his own thing. It's like 94 feet something.
1: Yeah.
0: His drills and his stuff are crazy good. And it has to be because of him and his hard work together man he's a nice player and so i think today hopefully the lakers are going to be able to re-sign him by that by the end of this year because he wants like a four-year 50 million dollar deal which i kind of don't blame him for he's been playing really well
1: at all and he deserves that money and i mean especially as a blade in these last like 11 games or so like he's been balling out of control man so i just wanted to give him a shout out to him but at the same time, you know, they're like you said earlier, they're talking about LeBron returning soon. Uh, they're giving us the runaround of indefinitely and maybe three weeks we'll reevaluate them and this, that, and that. You know, you know what it was. They were trying to see if LeBron – if these Lakers team could hold on to even get them a slither of a chance to at least get into the playoffs or at least a play-in tournament. Yeah. Now that he sees that, okay, why do you think he's like so hyped watching this team play – Tweeting all this stuff and say, you know, if this team was losing, he would not be saying none of this. Oh, no. If they he were even, like, well. out of the playoff contention, he wouldn't even be worried about this anymore. But the fact that Austin Reeves showed up last night and Anthony Davis still put a double-double in, but 15 and 11, like you said, he should be a 20 and 10 guy. Only gave him 15 points last night. You know, he was 6 for 15 from the field. It's just like five turnovers like he's just I don't know about this man but however however no matter how he's playing LeBron sounds like he's coming back soon and he sounds like he's motivated to come back soon which is even more important and to me if he comes back with this team presently constructed and if they're healthy and stay healthy I wouldn't I wouldn't want to play them in the first round
0: yeah because I think they're first in defensive rating as well yep so you add leBron into that mix that's another 25-30 points another crazy athletic player to go yep. on to the defensive end bro that's scary
1: bro and all these
0: all these players like they're 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 all they're missing
1: is leBron like all they're missing yes, is that a, a star player to just like bring this all together mm-hmm. and you can see it because they're that good like this team has shooting everything exactly. that they didn't have before they have now mm-hmm. and I guess we didn't really talk about this yet so I'm glad we got into this Laker topic but like Rob Polinka, <laughs> hey <laughs> round of applause yeah for me I was over this dude I was like man <laughs> like we need to get him out of here he's trash he really went out and got everything that they needed he gave that he gave them a uh, size defensive presence obviously with Vanderbilt they gave them shooting with Malik Beasley, D'Angelo Russell. Um, they already had it with Troy Brown, and he's starting to come into his own. You know, he's mm-hmm. kind of someone that people don't talk about a lot. But, like, I feel like he's been one of their most consistent players all season. Health-wise uh, and scoring. Yeah.
0: Uh, 100%. And D'Angelo Russell is one of those guys, too, that everyone keeps, like, throwing away. Like, oh, uh, he hasn't been good since he was on the Nets, but he just hasn't been on that good of a team. Yeah, or been able to play the style that he likes to play. He's better in like a pick and roll. on t- on the Timberwolves, it's too e- not really too easy, but it's kind of hard for him to play the way he does because a lot of times he likes to shoot the three off the pick and roll. But if you have um, what's his face, that tall French dude?
1: Oh, Rudy Gobert.
0: Yeah, they're just gonna play, but they know that he's not really a true threat. He's just gonna go roll to the basket. So he can't really play and have that threat that he had when he was with the Nets. So now finally with shooters around him and when LeBron was playing, but with more shooting around him, he can play the way that he likes to play and play in the mid range and the three points too. So yeah, uh, I'll give kudos to him as well, but hopefully that ankle injury doesn't trick, doesn't continue on to the rest of the season. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it will. I mean, he had 18 last night. His
1: first game back after the ankle surgery, or ankle injury, like, he was balling. It was nice. And, um, you know, t- to your point, like, in addition to that, when he was playing with Minnesota, he didn't have Carl Anthony Towns for the majority of the time, you know. Yeah. And who knows what the hell's? I mean, I don't know what his injury truly is either. And I'm not thinking – I don't think he's being soft for it because I think he was truly injured. But, I mean, it's been quite some time since they had Cat. But then this experiment this experiment of having Cat and Rudy Gobert on oh, the word. floor at the same time and then thinking that that's going to help uh, D'Lo flourish, like, no. That wow. was never – I think everyone that saw that trade happen was just like, okay, like, we understand that, like, Rudy Gobert is a great defender, even though he's not really showing it this year. But – yeah. we sh- we understand that he is that but having two of these guys in a in 2023 NBA makes no sense. Yeah, that wasn't going to make no sense. So again though, I just want to give a round of applause to Rob Polinka man. Like he really he really did that. Like for real. And yeah, I wanna want to see him, what they do.
0: Yeah, we want him to make other trades that were nowhere close to as good as he, as this. This was literally the perfect trade for them that no one thought was ever going to come. Facts. but now they gotta make sure they resign them, which is a whole nother story. But hey, it yeah. seems like they want to resign D'Lo, which makes more sense because I'd rather have D'Lo than Kyrie, honestly, for that situation because he won't be as much of a distraction. You know what? You just
1: made you just triggered something in my head. So, say they sign, and so is D'Lo in a contract here? Yeah. Okay. Say they, man, they signed D'Lo, Kyrie Irving is also a free agent. Say LeBron, uh, le, let's go, the le GM, puts his <laughs> GM hat on, goes into Rob Polinka's office and says, Yeah, you know, I get that D'Lo, you know, great guard, you know, whatever, but he ain't no Kyrie Irving. And he starts being like, Oh, but look what me and Kyrie did, what, seven years ago? <laughs> and you know, I can see LeBron banking on his relationship with Kyrie, which still isn't even great, mm-hmm. but just banking on his basketball relationship with Kyrie and, and, and messing this up. I beg LeGM to not mess this up because I hope he sees what he got right now and says, you know what? Kyrie is a generational talent, but we don't need that. We have this team chemistry. If we b- keep this team together for another season, we might be seriously like
0: like we might be the favorites next year. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe who knows? Maybe after the Westbrook trade, Rob Plink is like, hey, I'm not listening to you anymore. I'm gonna oh, do my <laughs> I think I think that would that's yeah.
1: what the Lakers need. I think they need to take a page out of um a page out of Pat Riley's book for when he mm-hmm. when LeBron was in Miami. Big reason, you know, reportedly as to why LeBron left, because he didn't have that control of the organization like he wanted to get certain pieces around him. Because you know, everyone saw it. saw it. He was very uh, disgruntled with Miami in his like final days there because you know the team was getting older. D Wade's knees were shot, and just the people around them weren't playing the same as they were in the past, and they didn't make the moves that they that he thought that the team needed. So. You know, but either way, not listening to LeBron and not giving him all that power maybe is the better uh way to explain that was what got them ultimately two championships. So I don't know.
0: Maybe the happened. Lakers
1: need to yeah, maybe the Lakers need to do the same.
0: Oh hundred I think after this crazy trade that they made to make the roster a lot better. I think Rob Plinka has a little bit more power than LeBron right now. Yeah, Because at the end of the day, the Lakers have LeBron on their contract. So, hey, if LeBron asks for a trade request like KD did, they're going to get a ton in return. So it's not like it's a lose-lose for them. Plus, they still have Anthony Davis and D'Lo if they resign them, which it seems like they probably want to and will. Then, mm-hmm. hey, not too bad. It's not like they're going to be in a lottery again. So, hey, they got the power. So, might as well just see what happens.
1: And LeBron doesn't have as much time as KD. Like, KD still has, yeah. like, a solid five years left, you know, to be a, yeah, an absolutely. elite player. And you got LeBron who, I mean. Yeah, maybe he does too. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I don't want to put, like, a timeline on him. But, you know, in in, in reality – you know in a perfect world let's say that in a perfect (laughs) world you would think lebron has probably a good honestly like a good year left but Mm -hmm. it might be two (laughs) it might be three it might be
0: four who knows so whoever german doctors he's been going to i'm (laughs) sorry
1: for real for real man but you know speaking of uh injuries i guess with lebron um Ben Simmons, who's been back and forth with injuries all season, also just the lone the lone ranger in uh <laughs> Brooklyn after <laughs> the whole debacle with their big three. Uh just seen a report the other day that him and Clutch Sports uh parted ways. Um I thought that was something that sent a message to me that there was change coming. Or that Rich Paul saw something with Ben Simmons as in like, you know what? This guy's not worth it anymore. And that that's just that was my thought process when I saw that report. Mm-hmm. I am interested to hear
0: what you thought when you saw that they parted ways. Yeah, not too many guys have left clutch sports so far, even though they kind of like another reason, oh, that's, yeah. That, that's that's <laughs> that's big. But Kind of like weird timing too, because he's not in the contract year for a couple more years, right? But sometimes though, like the agents kind of like feel out from other teams like if he should be traded or not, because um, I knew like before, I guess his injury or back problems or whatever you, whatever you want, mental health, not playing, playing. yeah, that he wasn't going to be in the rotation anyway. So I feel like him saying his back or his knee or whatever was hurt it was a better way of just being like, Hey, I'm getting benched because if the Nets bench him, especially now with him being, I guess all the only all-star, if you even want to say it, even though he's nowhere close to playing as an all-star this year, then mm. maybe his draft, not his draft, his trade stock goes completely down, which obviously the Nets don't want that to happen. So, I don't know. It's kind of weird. Yeah, but I wouldn't I, uh, be surprised if he gets traded. Yeah i
1: I would be surprised because I feel like he's honestly done. And if he does get traded, I think he gets waived. Um, I don't think that uh he'll be there in the league
0: for yeah. much longer. There might it be putting up the stats. Oh, 100 percent. He's definitely like he's just going through the motions. Like he makes some like. Good passes and stuff but he jogs he's not aggressive like he's okay on defense he's not the defensive player that he was on the Sixers so like like what there's no advantage from him being on the team especially when you can't shoot like if you can't shoot you have to play insane defense or do something to help your team win and he's been doing none of that like any player in the NBA can make good passes so just to say that really isn't a couple months.
1: Yeah. I think um another thing too to the Simmons situation is that you know he it sounds like he signed or is expected to sign with a new agent. Um this agent represents Jimmy Butler, who is a former teammate of Simmons. Now in my head you- at first that's what I was gonna say. In yeah. my head, at first when I read that, I was like, okay, like this better not mean what I think it means. Yeah. This better not mean Miami is looking to trade for Ben Simmons. And yeah. you know, not saying like for Jimmy or anything, but just like in general, in general because once yeah. you see the the that's the interesting thing about the NBA, you really have to pay attention to to who they're signed with because yeah. as agents, because that's a big role, because those agents they have connections and relationships Mm -hmm. with specific GMs, specific teams. And, you know, obviously if someone signed with Rich Paul and Clutch, you're instantly going to be like, okay, who is going to the Lakers next season? Yeah. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And Mm -hmm. honestly, that person could be Draymond after, you know, reading certain reports and looking around and, and seeing how, you know, the Warriors are doing currently, like that person could be Draymond as well, which leads 100%. me to a separate topic in yeah. itself. I don't know if you even want to go there. I mean, <laughs> but it, do you think it's time? I guess we just get into it. Do you mm-hmm. think it's time for the Warriors to blow this thing up with Clay, Draymond, Steph, Iguodala, you know, those guys?
0: Well, I think probably Igudala probably retires after this year. Oh, yeah, Iguala was done. So let's take him out of it. Yeah. Um, Draymond, I can see going either way. I think it's 60 40 that he goes somewhere else. Only because he's kind of like the heart and soul of that team. But after that punch, it just, I don't know, they don't just like seem the same. So yeah. he probably leaves. But I think Steph and Clay stay there for life, no matter what. Because I can't, especially Steph, I can't see him going anywhere else. Clay, maybe, but that Nucleus without um, Draymond is still pretty good, and they can still compete, so maybe they get a good free agent or make a trade or something, and you never know. Maybe they get back into um, championship level that they were at.
1: Yeah, I wonder if they're going to be like the Spurs and try and keep this big three together um, for as long (laughs) as they can. However this isn't you know 2004 not even 2014 anymore you know Mm -hmm. what I mean like the NBA business is just so different I remember saying this years ago but the NBA is literally meant and I saw it changing and this is why I said it it's literally meant for these teams to not stick together as long as you know teams used to in the past like Mm-hmm. you're not going to see a lot of legacy players that stick with one team and one organization for their entirety of their career like that anymore. Like that's just simply not how the NBA works. And maybe that even goes into Damian Lillard and his comments that I was telling you beforehand, like what JJ talking about, you know, this whole culture of winning in the NBA and how everything's kind of like microwaved. Like you have to, you know, win now, Or, you know, if you don't have a championship in in general, you're, you know, insignificant in NBA history, which is not true. Um, I mean, so just looking at the Warriors for me, I think it's time to blow it up. However, um, I think the chances of Draymond leaving are maybe even higher than 60. um, Only because, like, that punch, dude... I was one of the people saying that I didn't think it was going to be a big deal. There's still the Warriors at the end of the day, yada, yada, man. That, that dude just doesn't have a voice in the locker room, man. Like it's not the same, you know, he was able to even talk, you know, you know, in a spirited way to Kevin Durant, when Kevin Durant was on the team, Mm -hmm. he can't even speak to Jordan Poole. You
0: know? Yeah. Like, and, and now, it wasn't just like a punch, that was like, I'm um, like you really wanted to like hurt. Yeah, it was just it was, there was disrespect, and
1: once disrespect comes into it, because words is one thing, but once you yeah, act yeah. on those words,
0: yeah, like
1: it, it it just changes everything, man. And mm-hmm. th- there there's no respect there for Draymond, and you know it's already hard enough when you're younger player. And, yeah, maybe Draymond was winning these championships or whatever, like, before they got to the league. But now they're in the league and it's just like, nah, like, we're the new sheriffs in town. Like, you know, like, yeah, they're, they're not even like, we weren't there for all that. You know, we don't really care about what really went into all that. And, you know, him trying to restore the culture in Golden State, like, he he simply just can't do that, you know? yeah, Like, no. not
0: with after everything that happened. And this summer, he's an unrestricted free agent. So some team, some championship level teams go on him. So I think if they overpay just by a little bit, the Warriors are just going to be like, all right, your problem now. We're not going to pay. We're not going to pay over X amount. Because since they already have a ton of players and they're over the luxury by a lot, that maybe they can save a little bit from that. Have Andrew Wiggins get into that role, or draft someone, or trade for someone to go into that role. So, hey, same thing as before. You never know. And NBA is one of those leagues where anything can happen, and you can't really be surprised if anyone gets traded.
1: Yeah, he's a super smart player, and like, I think that is he like he's underrated in that aspect where like intellectually he's actually a very smart person and player but like (laughs) dylan brooks had a little bit of a point even though he said a lot wrong but one of the things that he said was right was like we don't really know what he would look like outside of having the two greatest shooters of all time on his team like you put him on a team that can't shoot as well and whatever like what's what does he do statistically that will help this his team and maybe his role turns into more of like a leader and also just a defensive presence. But so then got, you just don't look to him to like, you don't look to him for any sort of scoring or anything else really.
0: Well, we kind of saw that after, um, after the Raptors series, once they lost the finals, when Clay and Steph were hurt practically for the whole year, they were the two, they got the number two pick the next year. They went from being in the finals to getting the second pick. To go into the finals.
1: That's very true. His
0: stats really weren't that great either, especially around a lot of young guys. And that could have been a time frame for him to work on his game, to try out new things because he knew they were – might as well expand your game, expand your range, or try to do other things that you might not have done with Clay and Steph, but maybe over the course of the year got comfortable with it and added it into the offense. But clearly that didn't happen.
1: Yeah, I mean, that that little uh, stint of that 2020 season, pretty much, like, yeah. that was, that's, like, kind of, like, an extreme situation, too, though, you know? Like, they had nobody. True. <laughs> um, You know, he... But you saw
0: Jordan Poole step up, though. He was like, hey, I'm going to take this opportunity, and he really expanded his game after that. Very true, very true. I
1: think I'm looking more so at, like you know, if he were to play in just a different system where there's other all-stars there, they're just okay. not stepping right. clay. Because okay. every team in the league essentially has some sort yeah. of star or all-stars. Like, Jordan Poole wasn't there yet. And that was their best player at that point in time. Mm-hmm. That's why it was such an extreme situation is what I'm saying. So, like, if you put them on a team, like, literally today, and you just throw them on, like, I don't know, Like, the Pacers or something. Mm -hmm. And they have an all-star in uh, Halliburton already. They have other players around him. Like, you know, like, I would like to – I'm interested to see how he does in that situation where, you know, where he's just not just, like, on an island. Because literally, I feel like even though Jordan Poole stepped it up, like you said, I feel like Draymond was still pretty much on an island of, like, himself. Like there was literally nobody on that team that can potentially get these guys back to winning ways.
0: That's fair. Besides
1: Jordan. Besides Jordan. Yeah. And maybe someone else that I'm you know I'm just forgetting about, but you know what I mean.
0: What teams would you like to see him go to if he does leave the Warriors?
1: That's a great question. I feel like um <laughs> you know what's funny? He would never do it, but he would fit on the grizzlies so well yeah. but he would just he would just <laughs> never do it nah. like now like that book is completely gone. especially as a free agent he's not even looking at them
0: like maybe. even if they
1: were to offer him the money
0: if russ and pat bev can be teammates one day maybe maybe they can one day but next season <laughs> not him admit. and dylan brooks <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's fireworks man i think um you know, I think he would be able to help and honestly, like, as I'm watching these two teams, he would help either one of these teams with the Mavericks and the Grizzlies. They're actually playing right now. Mm-hmm. I think he would help either one of those teams. I think the Mavericks need a defensive anchor because they don't have that. Um, and I think the Grizzlies could just use another... They they could use a veteran mm-hmm. um, and get use someone to whip them into shape. However... No one on that team, just like Golden State, respects Draymond Green. Yeah. So, you know, like, that kind of hurts. Relationships, you know, are huge, no matter what field of work you're in. Mm -hmm. So, for him to, like, burn bridges with an entire organization already, like, he could cross off that team already. And honestly, there may be other teams, now that I'm thinking about it, that are just like, we – simply like we won't even we don't even want to interview you
0: like the Kyrie effect kind of
1: yeah you know like I never really thought of it that way but yeah like he literally like there might be teams that are just like nah we're good maybe yeah just because of his attitude every year he's leading the league in technicals he hurts your team sometimes because I mean look at him now he's already been suspended a game for having
0: too many technicals like that's ridiculous man yeah, look at him in the finals in the past. Be suspended from games. So yeah, yeah, especially him getting older too. It's not like he's in in his prime anymore. Right. Yeah. So I mean, I think uh he would
1: fit on either one of those two teams. I think he could fit on you know quite a few teams as well, uh, other teams as well. Um, but you know. His lack of shooting in the day and age that we're in—that's like a big concern. Oh, yeah,
0: because he has to go to a team with shooting.
1: Like, exactly, if
0: Grizzlies. If he threw him on the Grizzlies, they just have no shooting. They're shooting. They're like one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the league. But defensively, they'd be nice though. But he has to go to a team with shooting. And yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy to think about it. There's really not that many teams with like insane shooting similar to the Warriors, which is kind of funny because NBA is like a three-point shooting league now.
1: Yeah, 100%, man. Um, so I guess here, one of the final topics I wanted to touch on, because we actually did good. We touched on a little bit of everything in a short amount of time. Um, the MVP criteria. Uh, I've seen Giannis talking about it today. And in passing, I saw him say, you know, the MVP, the changes every year, the criteria of, you know, is it who scores the most points? Is it who's the most dominant? Is it who has the best record? Who's also, you know, contributing to the team? Or who's simply just most valuable? And Mm -hmm. we've, you know, touched on this before, but do you see any way of them you know enhancing this MVP conversation cuz it seems like this year is like this this Jokic discussion really prompted this you know new way of thinking of like you know what like we really need to look into this cuz it's getting bad now like we really need to figure out a set criteria for the MVP do you think do you know do you have an idea of a way that you think the NBA could change that and maybe that's a tough, that's a tough question <laughs> on the spot, man.
0: Cause I don't think, cause it's one of those awards where I don't think stats don't always show an impact. Like, like what we were saying about Draymond green. If you look at his stats, you're going to say he's a terrible player, but then you watch him in the game and he wins some games sometimes. Like obviously sometimes he makes them lose, like we said before, but majority of the time he, he helps his team win. So same thing for MVP. It's, Who does the best job at making your team win games? And it kind of sucks, but every year it could be different. Maybe the player's a good three point shooter, like Steph was. Maybe it can be like Jokic and does a little bit of everything. Maybe it could be someone who's a great rebounder, like kind of like Giannis is a great rebounder and a great scorer. Like, it is what it is. Like, if it's just one thing, Then it's just going to be an offensive. Whoever can be the best scorer gets MVP. That kind of makes no sense to me. Because then that should be its own other um, award. And so it's not really always an MVP award. Because, like, look at Embiid. The last couple of years, everyone was like, oh, he should win MVP. Jokic shouldn't have won, blah, blah, blah. But then in the playoffs, they choked. So was he really the MVP of that season? He played really well. He's a really good player. He's Probably a top five player in the league. But do you think he deserves MVP? I don't know. It's hard. It's really, it's like one of those things where there's not complete science, I don't think.
1: Yeah, I, I was hearing something the other day about how, you know, the NBA or the NBA season changes every year. The criteria, were, like, it's it sucks to say, but it's just simply – I believe J.J. Reddick said this too. Um, it sucks to say, but, like, the criteria is simply, like you said, is also just going to change every year. Like, some years we're going to look at um, who was the most dominant this year. Some years we're going to look at who had the best record but was also on – uh you know, who was on a winning team but also was performing, you know, exceptionally well. Um, so it's it's a it's a tough situation. I think for me personally, if I were to say one way that we could change it is just allowing, you know, some form of I guess fan voting and
0: letting that be more indicative of who wins the MVP. I think you the, trust fans, the fans more than like past players or something. I don't trust reporters at all, honestly. Maybe I like think one I or do. two, but I think like I trust at the All Star more. For like the All Star games, they kind of, they have like they always vote for like some like random person. Like right. D Rose was like top ten in All Star voting. Like I love D Rose, but obviously this year he's not an All Star type player. So and then it kind of goes down to kind of like who's in the bigger market if you're in New York, you're probably going to get more fans to vote for you type thing. And it kind of goes into, like, like a popularity contest, kind of.
1: That's true. And I guess, like, if we were to go that way, then LeBron would win every year or, you know, something like that. I guess for me, I'm just looking at it like the fans, like, we complain all the time. There's never a way to make the fans, like completely happy right (laughs) um however i think there's a way to weed out the fans that are doing like you know the d rose voting and not trying to catch d rose astray but you know what i mean like just like to weed out those fans that are just doing it just because like i think there's a way to you know make the voting fan driven Maybe not 100%, but a good majority, and find a way to implement uh, MVP voting that way. Um, will it work? I don't know, 100%. I just think it may be a way to fix it because the fans see it, and we see that it's been three years of Jokic. And there was a year where, you know, I think everyone, last season, really, everyone was like, MB, uh, MB probably should have had that one um and i agree with you i don't really trust the reporters either i think they all have an agenda um for a narrative and i think that's a big reason why the fan voting would mean more and maybe you take the the reporters out of it and
0: just leave it as former players and uh fans mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah if you combine the both that'll be pretty good
1: and maybe yeah. like
0: have them like explain like two sentences something be like yeah, like his scoring more or like his efficiency more or something. At least yeah. something more. Hey, he led his team to the first seed in the West and other like, guys the fifth seed or whatever, whatever random thing it is that year. Yeah. Have it make sense more than just checking it off a box. Yeah, make it less multiple
1: choice and make it more like explanation. Not essay, but just a little bit of an explanation. Yeah, something. And then if they do that for like a couple of years, then maybe after that we can narrow down a true, like,
0: category and like how we can yeah, then,
1: figure this out.
0: Yeah, because from those one or two, three sentences of of whoever is the one is the person voting, maybe you can narrow down a certain statistic and be like. like scoring and 20% like their defensive efficiency, another 10% of whatever. Right. Have it be like makes it, like I said before, make it more sense.
1: Right. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe the NBA needs to hire us so we can uh, help them out a little bit. (laughs)
0: Yeah.
1: But (laughs) yeah, man. players. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) The one-day contract. (laughs) Give me a, we we'll man. Give us, a, I'll take a 10 day, 10 I'll take a two minute, I'll take a two yeah, minute contract. <laughs> oh, so yeah, man. I, uh, I don't got anything else for you. I don't know if you wanted to add anything. No. Nah. But, um, yeah, it seems like we uh, got through everything pretty quickly here. And uh, we'll definitely we'll be back next time. take you